Well, Greg, I guess we have an event that happened early this morning in Hawaii, and I know that you've been doing some homework on it. So what's the latest? Well, John, we had a 737-200, an older airplane. And in fact, it happens to be the airplane that's pictured behind me on, uh, on our Zoom. It was uh, departing out of Honolulu, inner island hopping. So they move cargo uh, between the islands. Shortly after takeoff, from what we understand, the crew reported that they had lost the number one engine. That is, it apparently failed somehow and that they were going to be executing a return back to Honolulu. Air traffic control started to work with them to give them a vector back to the runway, to a different runway than what they took off on, just trying to get them back to the airport. Unfortunately, the crew reported that the, uh, the number two engine was running extremely hot and that they may not be able to make it back to the airport, might have to put it down in the water and requested Coast Guard standing by. So it, with all of that being said, um, there are a number of questions, of course. Uh, did the crew uh, know that they were gonna have to put the airplane down in the water for sure? Was this a controlled ditch? Wasn't it, was it an inadvertent contact with the water while trying to make it back to the airport? This occurred during the hours of darkness, so that of course complicates things, makes it a little more difficult to judge at least their air or their altitude and of course their relationship to the airport other than by looking out the window, uh, looking at runway lights and things like that. With, uh, with this, uh, the mechanical malfunction or failure or a possibility of some sort of fuel issue, John, you know, having worked around airplanes and, and running high temperatures and jet engines and that kind of stuff, the crew reported that they lost an engine. Okay, one engine is foreseeable in the fact that it could be a mechanical malfunction. It could be some sort of fuel-related issue with the fuel system. It could be a number of, uh, of things that cause that engine to actually fail. But then when you have an issue with a second engine, now you have to start looking at commonality. And given the fact that they reported that the second engine was running at very high temperatures, which of course is well out of the norm, from that perspective, what do you think is going on? Well, the first thought that comes to mind is, is of course, fuel issues, right? We don't know why that first engine failed, but if that first engine also had an overtemp and, and, and cooked itself to death, and now they're relying on the second engine, it, it puts fuel in the spotlight. And, you know, most of the time, the pilots do pay attention to the fuel truck that comes up to the airplane to fuel it. However, nobody is, uh, except the uh, refueling personnel, are the ones that, at the fuel farm to see what fuel is actually being put in the truck. And it's not, it wouldn't be the first time that we've had uh, the wrong fuel put in the truck. And the wrong fuel in this case would be gasoline, which would force the uh, temperatures to, to rise drastically inside an engine. Uh, straight gasoline in a turbine engine uh, will we'll cook the engine. Uh, they already run at very high temperatures, so it doesn't take a lot to run them, to overtempt them, and they start to disintegrate. Uh, but a blend of, uh, of uh, Jet A fuels, the normal fuel, and gasoline, depending on what the mixture is, uh, they could the engine could run for a little while before it overheats. So that's that would be the first thing to come to mind. Fortunately for the investigators, we're going to have a, a surviving crew, so sometime next week they'll probably get a statement 
from the crew to start looking at it. This is, the, it's, this is going to be a little complicated because the airplane is going to be in deep water. When you get uh, off Hawaii, uh, just a mile or so, the water can get to be 6,000 feet deep. So yeah, they, they're reporting that this airplane may have gone down about two and a half miles from, uh, from the runway. So that could be in deep water like you're talking about. Now, you were mentioning gasoline. We're not talking car gas. We're talking avgas. Well, it could, it could even be car gas because they also have tanks in the fuel farm that have uh, automotive fuel in it as well. Okay. So, so Are you going to have the same effects if Avgas gets mixed with the Jet A, you know, as if you were to mix car gas with Jet A? Yes. Well, so Avgas and automotive fuel uh, come from the same cut of the barrel of petroleum. Uh, the additives they put in them are different. Right? So either way, that that uh, uh, automotive gasoline uh, burns hotter than kerosene. It's, it's uh, lighter on the, on the barrel, towards the top of the barrel of oil. So it's, it's highly volatile. It burns much, much hotter than kerosene. And it ignites a lot easier. So that right on the top of the list for any investigation is going to be the fuel, given the circumstances that are known right now. So I would be very surprised if the NTSB, as soon as they heard that, uh, what was going on, or the FAA as well, who's right there, they were over there in a pounding fuel truck. And, and, I, and I understand now that the board is going to send a team of at least seven people. Um, Boeing and the FAA, I guess, are standing by to see what the coordinated activity is exactly when they're going to end up going. Uh, there are COVID policies still in place in, in Hawaii, so they've got to meet those uh, requirements. They, the requirements change on July 8th. So it'll be interesting to see if they get an exemption or something like that so they can get the team out there now. Um, one of the other things that uh, you know, I've been thinking about is they're going to have to really dissect the crew's actions. Um, were there any telltale signs that something was going wrong actually before they took off? Um, as you were talking about, you're mixing, you know, possibly gasoline or avgas with Jet A. Yes, of course, there's residual fuel in some of those lines, but depending on when they started, how long they were um, taxiing and in running the engines at around idle and things like that, the burn rates and things like that, would there have been any telltale signs that something was going amiss on the ground before they actually took off or even during the takeoff roll? Was there anything that they noticed in engine uh, parameters that may have tipped them off? Well, uh, interestingly, that this airplane is so old. Take your holiday as seriously as British Airways Holidays takes your holiday. So ditch your desk, set your out of office on, and unwind on the white sandy beaches of the Dominican Republic. With an all-inclusive, family-friendly break at the Grand Palladium Palace Resort and Spa. Or luxurious adult-only getaway at the TRS Turquesa Hotel. Book now with a low deposit at ba.com slash palladium. T's and C's apply at all protected. Uh, but the engines definitely aren't that old. So high-time engines tend to burn harder normally, even with jet fuel, as they start to lose their efficiency with the erosion of the blades and and so on. So if this engine, if this airplane had engines that were high time, uh, they were going to have high temperatures, it would affect the aircraft performance. Uh, would it, Hawaii would have runways that are so long 
they may or may not have noticed that they've taken a longer takeoff role. So that's going to be something the NTSB is going to look at and what that takeoff role was. Uh, fortunately, if uh, we got the crew who may remember what the, the high temperatures were on the engines on takeoff, uh, so they may have good clues. I'm, I'm sure they're going to try to go after those recorders, no matter how deep they are, even though they're not the most uh, robust recorders in the, in the aviation world because they're old, old technology and old requirements for the recorders. So the, the recorders were updated after, uh, uh, in the 90s, the FAA finally required them to have more recorders than the 11 parameters that most of the recorders had before that. So hopefully they have a, a more robust recorder. They won't be as well as the, uh, recording as many parameters as modern recorders, but that'll help. But it'll be a while before they get it because that more than likely that airplane is quite deep. So well, most of the investigation is going to initially is going to hinge on what the, the uh, two pilots have to say. And with one of them in critical condition, they haven't said what the, can, what the injuries are yet, but uh, certainly they won't be bothering him for a little while. So hopefully the, the other pilot, it will be in, in better condition to talk to the investigators by the beginning of next week. And I would expect that the, uh, the board is gonna start, or at least there, there's activities that have been started to collect fuel samples from the truck, talk to the people who did the fueling um, and really track back the movements of where that fuel, if, if fuel is in fact um, the cause or at least a, a serious contributing factor in this event. You know, its whole history from the time it came out of, uh, out of the ground and the, the fuel farm through the truck into the airplane or through an underground fueling system. So yeah, fuel is gonna be a, a number one area to look at for investigators, but you still can't rule out some sort of common mechanical malfunction or failure. So um, the investigation is, uh, is gonna be continuing. And we as the flight safety detectives, John Goley and Greg Fife will be following um, the, uh, the information that we get as well as that information that is published, publicized by the NTSB um, as this investigation progresses. So stay with us on our Flight Safety Detectives podcast for further updates. And also our YouTube channel as well. So it's a part, we're gonna, I'm gonna send this to the podcast as well as to YouTube so that uh, we can have the information out for everybody. And uh, you mentioned if it was an underground system, a hydrant fueling system. I hope it is because uh, that that normally doesn't get contaminated fuel. But also, typically, they they don't have a hydrant system in the cargo areas of the, most airports. So it's usually from a truck. So we'll uh, have, stay tuned. We'll have more information as uh, probably this time tomorrow. Yeah, um, and and I know that. Other than, you know, wrong fuel, that is avgas or uh, autogas, you know, mixed with Jet A, water contamination is always a concern as well. So the board will be looking at a variety of things related to the common system of both engines, and that is the fuel system. So, John, <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll stay up with it, and uh, we'll keep the folks updated on our Flight Safety Detectives podcast and videocast on YouTube. Okay. And as always, folks, those of you who are flying your general aviation aircrafts, fly safely. <laughs>